0: Hey, Charlie Herman here, host of Business Insider's podcast brought to you by – we know you listen to This is Success for conversations with some of today's most inspiring leaders to hear their stories about how they did it and what advice they have to get to the top. Well, for the next few weeks, we're leaning into the advice part and presenting conversations I'm having with corporate coaches and workplace experts. We call this series Insider Edge – On the Job – You can find more conversations like the one that's coming up at our website, bit.ly forward slash insider edge. Some of the topics include how to nail a job interview over Zoom or what questions to ask if you're laid off. We think they're really relevant to helping you find success at work. Again, that's bit.ly forward slash insider edge. There's also a link in the episode description.
2: Well, if we say time is the ultimate currency, shouldn't we be managing it the way we manage our physical currency?
0: From Business Insider, this is Insider Edge. On the job, I'm Charlie Herman. Feeling overworked is nothing new to many Americans, and the pandemic sure hasn't helped. A recent survey found that just over 40% of employees are feeling burned out. While there are some benefits to working from home, like I'm wearing shorts and flip-flops right now, it can also feel like there are zero boundaries to when the day starts and when it ends, and that can only lead to more burnout. So if you're feeling overworked, what can you do about it? Sabina Nawaz is a leadership coach who works with executives at corporations and nonprofits. And right as the shutdown began, she wrote a very timely article for the Harvard Business Review on how to cope when work becomes too much.
2: What is one of the most common responses to how are you? in North America. Charlie, any guesses?
0: Well, I mean, I think I just had it a few moments ago with a colleague saying like, I'm feeling really overworked right now. It's just, it's a a thing that we say to one another. It's a thing
2: we say, are you busy? How are you doing? Are you busy? Almost in the same breath. So it's almost like a badge of honor. So why do we feel overwhelmed? These are some of the five most common reasons I see. One, that we are the heroes of our own story. And for whatever reason, what we do versus who we are, or how we are, seems to matter more. And there's a need to be seen as indispensable, to be seen as always on and needed for things.
0: So that's that's the first one. We want to be the hero of a story. We want to let the world know that we're really important because we have a lot going on.
2: Exactly. The second thing is we often operate from this mindset of I'm not enough, or if I don't do this, or if I don't jump on every email thread, if I will not be seen as the smartest person in the room. I will be made redundant. I will somehow not measure up. Point number three is fear often has us in our grip which is a close companion to this mindset of scarcity i'll be found out fear what do
0: you mean what do you mean by fear
2: it's like it's that imposter syndrome of i'll be found out what if people realize that i finish work at 5 p.m every day so even if i'm not busy i'm going to say i'm busy number four our eyes are bigger than our stomachs and we can say yes in that short-term moment Because we don't want to disappoint somebody or because we genuinely think, yeah, of course, I can do that. That's easy. But as we know, things take a lot longer than we imagine. And the last piece is uh, sometimes making a political play. And this is what I call cookie licking, where there's (laughs) there's a plate of cookies on the table. And I go ahead and lick all the cookies so that nobody else picks up the cookies. I've cherry picked all the warm, gooey, wonderful, yummy cookies. Nobody else can eat them, but I'm going to make myself sick now if I actually eat all those cookies, metaphorically speaking.
0: In that example, it sounds like you're also kind of describing someone who might be a little bit of a control freak, that they want to have, they want to be able to touch everything and that, you know, I'm not going to touch that cookie now because you just licked it.
2: There is a bit of control there. And it also becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy which goes into delegation. one of the things, of course, that you can do is learn to delegate, but it's really hard to do. I was just talking with somebody who is in a very senior position. And when we looked at the forensics of what he does, he said, I seem to bring up issues more often than anyone else. So it's not just that the cookies are there and I lick them, but nobody else is actually helping themselves to those cookies. When we discuss something or even if I delegate it, they come back to me and I seem to ask them questions that seem obvious to me, but they haven't thought about it. So they lack initiative, they lack critical thinking. And then the quality of what they produce is sometimes so bad that it's easier for me to just do it myself than to keep going back and forth with them. But in that process, it becomes self-fulfilling, Charlie, because of course, The others never have an opportunity to learn through trial and error and to develop that muscle.
1: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana. Carvana where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit carvana.com today.
2: Learning which tasks to hand off can often be tied with creating capacity versus creating dependence. If a lot of times we say yes and we then become the center, the hub. And that's natural to want to be the center and a hub. But now everybody is dependent on me and I've become a bottleneck. And not only am I overwhelmed, I'm feeling all sorts of other pressures because I don't want to let all these people down. Versus building capacity, which is I'm going to give it to this other person. They may not do as good a job as me initially because they don't have the experience I do, but they're do a going to learn. Job. Or they'll do a different job. Or they might not do the job. And that actually is okay because they've come up with a great reason why this is not the best job to do. And I was on autopilot.
0: As much as people say that they feel overworked, I also feel like there are a large group of people who are overworked who don't say anything for fear that it might sound like, well, you just can't handle the job.
2: Very astute. Uh, Yes. Upward, it's much rarer. Even sideways, especially if you're in a more senior position, the more senior you get, I think the more politicized the waters you swim in. And if I say I'm really overworked, it gives my peer permission to lick more of my cookies and (laughs) and and make a power play for my... Uh, oh, gosh, you know, we should take away this function from this person because he said he's too busy.
0: Because I know I've been in that situation sometimes where people say, wow, Charlie, you're doing so much work. And for all sorts of reasons, I have said, no, it's all fine, because I was afraid that it could lead to, well, let's take things away from you or... Let's yes. uh, maybe you shouldn't be doing working on all those different projects. And I really liked working on those different projects.
2: There's another piece that you're talking about, which is a great position to be in and a problem nonetheless, which is a problem of plenty, where I call myself often a kid in a candy store. How could I possibly turn down this amazing thing? So there's this problem of I love everything I do. And that's a really difficult one to get out of. And uh, sometimes I walk people through a two-by-two matrix of joy and impact, map the things that you're doing into how much joy that gives you and how much impact it's having relative to the impact you want to have. And the truth is we have to do things in all four quadrants, but how do you balance that whole portfolio to maximize joy and impact wherever you can?
0: And how do we approach that today in particular when there's so much going on and it's so chaotic? It feels like now even more people can feel overworked and overburdened.
2: One tool that can be helpful there is this concept of a time portfolio. Think of a money portfolio where you might work with a financial planner and based on your financial goals, decide we're going to put X percentage of my funds Savings in high risk and Y percentage in really stable, low risk, and so much in international funds and so on and so forth. Well, if we say time is the ultimate currency, shouldn't we be managing it the way we manage our physical currency, money? So, say if you're a manager, it might be this is, I manage my direct reports where I have one on ones, I do their performance assessments, I engage in talent discussions, recruiting, all of that. I have some amount of time devoted to email and dealing with the day-to-day. I have another chunk of time working on project X and another chunk of time working on project Y. Now, what is the percentage of time I would want to spend on each of these if if I had a portfolio of 100%? Now let's look at where am I really spending my time. So if you look at that and do a gap analysis and then say, how do I bridge that gap? Not, by the way, mistake number one would be if I say wanna spend 30% of my time on Project X, and currently I'm spending 5% of my time there, the mistake would be, oh, I'm gonna go from five to 30. No, your plan actually should be, how do I go from five to 7%? So in little micro steps, how do I inch towards that so that ultimately I could get to 30%. I
0: mean, is it just possible that there are some people who are actually able to take on and manage more work than others?
2: Absolutely. Some people can do it a lot more than others. Now, the other piece is the choices you make. So when you're working till seven o'clock or nine o'clock or 11 o'clock, like some of my clients right now are on calls starting at 4am ending at 11pm because they're working with people across the globe.
0: That is overworked.
2: And when you're overworked like that, you're actually not as productive in the times in between those calls you're not getting that much done, but you're telling yourself you're getting that much done. You're you're hesitant to move away from that space and take a break, which is what leads to more productivity.
0: So then is it about reducing the amount of work you have, in that example, the number of meetings you have, or is it about delegating, or is it about finding a you know, way to just balance it?
2: It's, yes, all of the above. And it's about taking breaks in between when you're noticing that you're not being as productive as you need to be. One sign of that is when we all zone out in front of the computer. Two days ago, I binge watched YouTube for three hours. That was a sure sign that I was exhausted because I don't usually do that. And I can tell myself a story that, oh, I'm too tired. I need something mindless. But if I'm that tired, I'm better off going to bed or meditating or exercising, not sitting in front of my screen because that's, that's going to cause more of that exhaustion at the end of it in addition to guilt.
0: So, if I am feeling overwhelmed by just everything I have to do, from that one email that we got a couple weeks ago that I need to respond to, to the fact that I have to like run into a meeting in you know thirty minutes from now, and I just I can't, my I have to-do lists everywhere. What are some concrete steps to take to try and manage that feeling of being overworked?
2: Yes. One thing is to take the time to actually create a single to-do list. I actually quite religiously stick to one thing only, which is a piece of paper. For me, that works really well. And it works well for a lot of people who get... So here's the other way you can get overwhelmed is you buy every single app that's out there. And then you use each one for about a week, uh, speed dating them, but never really committing to one. So you got to... Delete the apps. Exactly. Commit to one app or one piece of paper
0: Do you think there's really hope for people to feel less overworked, or is it just kind of a condition that we live in right now?
2: I think the biggest hope for people is to look inside themselves and to shape the expectations of the environment around them. Absolutely, there's hope. I think there's particularly hope in this pandemic because we are all feeling overwhelmed, to some extent or the other. And we all get it when somebody says, I was so exhausted, I couldn't really function.
0: It almost sounds like you're saying people are, are in a way maybe more tolerant of the fact that if people feel overworked and say, look, I need to back off a little bit, they get it more than perhaps they did six months ago, a year ago.
2: They totally get it. It's it's normalizing. It's normalizing and saying we're we're all feeling that way at the moment, what do we do?
0: Sabina, thank you very much.
2: You're welcome, Charlie, this was my pleasure.
0: Sabina Nawaz is a global CEO coach. Her article in the Harvard Business Review is titled, If You're Overworked, Learn Which Tasks to Hand Off. We have a link to it at our website and in the episode description. If you'd like to hear more episodes in our Insider Edge on the Job series, you can find them on our website. Just visit bit.ly forward slash insider edge. That's bit.ly L-Y forward slash insideredge. There's also a link in the episode description. And if there's an issue you're having with work or a topic you'd like us to tackle, record a voice memo with your question or problem and then send it to us. Our email is audio at insider.com. Also, if you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to check out another great podcast from Business Insider called Brought to You By. It's about the brands you know and the stories you don't. It might just make you fall in love with work. If you aren't already a subscriber, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Insider Edge On The Job is produced by Julia Press. Music is from Audio Network. Sarah Wyman is our executive producer. And I'm Charlie Herman. Thanks for listening.